podcast as part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to today's episode of 49ers Unrestricted. I'm Timmy Gibson here with my co-host, Daniel Bigelow. Daniel, how you doing this fine Monday morning? Good morning, y'all. Happy Monday. Happy Football Monday offseason. It's time to talk some Niners draft. We all love the NFL draft, even, even if we don't have very many picks until the very late third round. But we love the draft, and we're excited to talk about who the Niners have added onto their squad. Yeah, I I think it's it's an interesting spot because I feel like and we talked about this before too, the narrative kind of with the with this draft for the 49ers was the Niners don't have that many picks. Like which was both true and untrue. We didn't have any exciting picks. We didn't have a first rounder or a second rounder. You didn't if you watched the first round of the draft, you didn't hear the 49ers name called. That's the result of the Trey Lance trade. We are through that trade. The Niners have their 2024 first round pick. So that's kind of fun to keep in mind. But I hope they keep it. Yeah. I I hope they do as well. But the but the Niners were stacked with late round picks because of really the the compensatory picks they they brought in for a lot of minority coaches and GMs. A lot of them came through. Robert Sala, Amico Ryans will probably be next year. Just a lot of really good development that the Niners have put into guys who who we brought back comp picks for. And they've been really, really smart with taking advantage of that to kind of restock the, the draft uh, bank, if you will. Yeah, I was just kind of thinking as you were talking to myself, I was kind of like complaining in my head, like, man, not a... Not a you know, you look at other teams, and they get to get first-round picks and second-round picks. Those are the luxury picks, and I felt like, yeah, you know, we did our we did our job listening to the draft and everything, but it wasn't as fun as I want it to be. And then I'm like, well, last year wasn't that fun, was it? And it it wasn't. It wasn't like we got some we got some guys that I think are going to be big-time contributors, have been or will continue to be, like a, a Drake Jackson or. Um, Spencer Burford or even a Danny Gray but then I'm like okay Timmy we've been doing this for two years is this our third offseason I was trying to figure it out in I my think head. it is I don't I have a, it is. I don't have like a date in mind for us and so I was just looking back at the picks and I go to the 2021 draft and I'm like was that one fun and I go oh Trey, Trey Lance uh, Aaron Banks uh, Trey Sermon Ambry Thomas, Jalen Moore, Diamador Lenore, Talano Hufunga, Elijah Mitchell. And I go, oh, I'm just being ungrateful. I've had some incredible drafts as a Niners fan and even in the time that you and I have done this. So, you know what? Let's just move on and be happy with what we've got. Agreed, agreed. Well, we have a lot to get into today. We're going we're gonna to break down the draft pack the draft class for the 49ers. Daniel, I think you and I are probably each going to give out a steal of the draft. I have my eye on a guy as the uh, the next dominating fifth-round pick for the 49ers. I, I've, I've got my pick. I'm sure you have you have yours as well. We're going to get to talk a lot. Are of, you saying are you saying that's the steal of the draft, your fifth-round guy, or are those two separate things? Those That's kind of my I, – I guess it's more my, like, this is the guy I'm really excited about, and he happens to be in the fifth round, so I'm kind of killing okay. two birds with one got stone. It. Got it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of interesting picks by the 49ers. I think it says a lot about the how they view the roster 
the the direction they went in in some of these are predictions I, I do agree were very incorrect but i want to remind everyone that in 2022 we were correct that the 49ers were going to take drake jackson so we're going to ride that out for at least a few more years <laughs> i would like i would like to bring up our our correctness from the year before to excuse our mistakes for this year yep please regard <laughs> that's that's where we're going with that um we weren't even with the probably the biggest thing we're incorrect about is the 49ers did not draft a running back we were we were confident there was going to be a third round RB in this class, and there was not an RB at all. So that's in our defense, they surprised the world. They so. really did. We'll we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to that. It's not just us. Well, without further ado, should we uh, should we get to it? Start breaking down this draft let's, class. Let's do it. The 49ers traded up f- to acquire their first draft pick. They did. Do you remember how many spots? I don't think it was it wasn't huge. Many. It was it was it into the it was into the back of the second, I believe, right? No, it was still third round. Okay. My still third round, but they saw a guy they wanted uh and th- I I think that this is the steal of the draft only because I've heard every analyst and, and other team say, "Oh yeah, we had him way higher on our boards." The Niners, you know, they went up and got their guy. He's one of those guys who who was there late. He was an absolute need. Yeah. Um, I think that he could do. Um, yeah, I'll give you my analysis later. But they, they, the Niners front office went up and got him, and I love to see that. I love when a team does that. Let alone my own team. Well, um, and, and the, the one uh, I root for, to be clear. Just a little spoiler: the 49ers general manager has a tad bit of experience at this position, considering he is a Hall of Famer himself from his playing days. And that is the 49ers took a safety out of Penn State, the fourth safety on Dane Brugler's board. They took, I don't know that I know how to pronounce it. I'm going to go with. Let's give it a try. G.I.R. Brown, safety out of Penn State, the 87th overall pick. He had 10 career interceptions at Penn State for the 49ers website, tied for 12th in program history, 234 career interception return yards. And I think the reason he makes so much sense for the 49ers, Daniel, we're going to dive all into it, but he's a really. We're going to say this so much today, and I apologize. This is a really, really <laughs> versatile player. This is a guy yes. who can play a lot of different places at this position. It's going to fit right in next to our boy uh, Talanoa Hufanga, and it's just yeah. going to be a fun, fun time. Daniel, what are your thoughts on Brown out of Penn State coming in to fill the backfield? Defensive backfield. I'm super, super excited about him. Um, I watched some of his film, just some YouTube stuff on him, some highlights, and he looks good, and as you said, versatile. Lines up in different positions. Um, it's really hard to explain how you can see it, but when you're watching a film and you see he's very similar to Talonoa in a very specific way, and I might not do a great job of telling you, but when you watch a safety, especially when you watch film on a safety so the focus is on him, you can kind of tell by how quickly they're moving a lot of the time how well they're reading a play. And he was one of the first guys to move on the defense other than the line off the snap. He was one of the first guys to move in position closer to wherever the play was going to be. And you might think, oh, well, he's a safety. He's far away. He's got to get in on, get in on the action. But if it's, a, if it's a passing play, he's still getting quick to where it's going to be. So I don't know if he's just really good at reading the quarterback. But he was where he needed to be all the time. And that's my favorite thing about Hufunga is he's always there. Even if there's no chance he gets to the 
the ball by the end of the play, he is there by the end of the play or there at some point because he that's how he finishes plays. So plus Brown just seems like a steal and an exciting guy. Yeah, so I have a, a I have an update. Pronunciation Jair Brown, known as Tig after Tigger from Winnie the Pooh because his mom nicknamed him that for how he would bounce around as a kid per Dane Brugler, which is just that's very awesome. cute. Um, but yeah, he had a solid four years at Penn State, just or three years I'm seeing here. He was third team all Big Ten two years in a row. This is a good player, and he's the kind of guy the 49ers needed to go for in this draft, and it's the same thing yes. it was last year. When you don't have early round picks, you go for guys with a high ceiling, a lot of raw traits, and you trust your coaching staff and your elite roster to get them the rest of the way. And I, I think that is really important. And I think that's what the 49ers prioritized in this draft. And I, I think Jair Brown is a really, really epitomizes that and is going to fill in a spot. We had Tashawn Gibson there last year. Now we can bring in a homegrown yep. guy. Is we, we re-signed Gibson, right? Or did he go somewhere else? No, we re-signed Gibson. And I'm going to just we're going to talk about how the draft class affects the depth chart later. Uh, Gibson is still ahead of Brown in in the depth chart. Yeah. Now, obviously, that's because you got a veteran and a a rookie who hasn't even played, but that's that's a fun position battle to watch in camp. And I, I that think might it, be the number one. I think it makes a ton of sense, right? Gibson was good. He was consistent. He got the job done. Now we bring in a guy who doesn't have to start immediately because we have that consistent guy, but probably has a higher ceiling to play in a really, really good safety room, learn from the best, and just let this coaching staff let him cook. So I'm I'm excited about that. I think it's gonna it's gonna go well. And yeah, I I think I mean you saw the 49ers trade up for the guy because they really liked him. So good move by yeah. the Niners. Yeah, big steal. Moving on to the second selection at the end of the third round where we originally had three out of the four last picks. In the third round with pick number 99, straight out of Michigan, we have kicker Jake Moody. Yeah, it's an interesting Sorry, one. Sorry, kicker Jake Moody. Kicker Jake <laughs> Moody. Now, <laughs> I think it's it's worth noting that pretty much everybody said he was the top kicker in this draft. And we needed a kicker. We have Rob. We lost Robbie Gold is probably not re-signing. I I thought going into this that there was a chance he might, but I think it's it's become pretty clear that that's probably not going to happen since he. I don't think you use a third round pick on a kicker. Um, normally, normally this is a running back spot, which Kyle Shanahan did acknowledge in his draft call with Jake Moody, which was an all time clip when he called Jake Moody. He said, "Hey, you know you really we, you know we really liked you because we took you a kicker in the third round and not a running back." So, I, I think that's fun. Um, I will say, so, Dane Brugler had Jake Moody as a fourth or fifth round grade, number one kicker in the class. And when you really need a spot like kicker, which can make or break a, a season, I I don't love it. It's like the last three picks in the third round, taking a guy with a fourth round grade. It's it's yeah. not as bad as people are making it out to be. Another kicker no. went in the early fourth to the Patriots, so it was it was clear like like the 49ers I think had a better handle on where the kickers were going to go in the draft than a lot of other guys. However, it's not the most fun to be like, yeah, we used a third round pick on a kicker because our last kicker yeah, just so. hates us for some reason. He, I think yeah, he's like I hate the heat. I'm out. But uh it's not, it doesn't no it's not fun to sit here like I'm sorry Jake if you ever listen to this I'm sorry that I announced you that way but you got to give us some credit here we're not stoked about announcing the 99th overall pick is a kicker the the second pick of our draft is a kicker but what I will say it is a need 
whether whether you think there's value in the position or not, or value in drafting a kicker this high at all, it's a need. It's actually, potentially, I would make a somewhat strong argument to say that it's the strong, it's the biggest need on the Niners roster, knowing that Robbie Gold is is gone. Yeah, we don't have a backup kicker. And well, you know, Zane, Zane Gonzalez seen, was brought in in free agency, but he's kind of a journeyman guy who's been all over. He is, and so that's what I was just going to say is, like, you get these guys who they're not actually that good, so they just come in for a time. Ah, okay, you didn't get it done. You're gone. Next one. You know, you see guys here's, like that often. Here's the thing. If Jake Kicker – if Jake Moody – If Jake, Jake Kicker – Jake Kicker, that shows the amount of thought that I've put into the kickers in this draft. <laughs> um, If Jake, Jake Moody kicker. becomes a consistent starting kicker – and plays for the Niners for 10 years and is really good, becomes consistent, hits hits kicks in big situations, we'll, we'll look back on this and say, you know what, this was a great pick. But it's it's hard. It's not, it's not fun. But if yeah. he gets the job done and if he is consistent and if he is that guy and if he does it for a long time, we're going to be like, cool, I'm glad we did that. And so that that's kind of okay. how you have to look at it is like, okay – Another kicker went. We really needed this. What Kyle Shanahan said was like, we had all the starters we wanted. Like, so we, we took yeah. the one position we needed a starter in, which, you know, some guys would say maybe we should have restocked at some of those positions of strength. That's kind of what the Eagles are doing on the other side of the NFC. But, but I get it. Oh my it. gosh. A bad kicker can really, really mess up a season. And so if they think that he can be that guy that we can just plug and play at that spot for the next 10 plus years, yeah, you take him in the third round. So that's my thoughts. It could turn out to be a pick we absolutely mock, but if it works, we're going to be like, yeah, I'm glad we did it. And I, I don't have well, much else to say other than that. <laughs> they didn't set him up for success in my mind because every time Jake Moody misses a, a crucial kick, fans are going to go, oh, gosh, can't believe we took him the third round. Would you say Anytime they're going to get a little makes... moody? <laughs> that was so stupid. Yeah, I do. I do. <laughs> You're so proud of that one. Um, last thing we'll say on Jake Moody here. Uh, my good friend Jared Delibero, um, was always so upset. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. He's been on the pod. Um, I don't know that that episode was released, but he was on the pod. Well, he Jared Delibero was on dark episodes that one day we'll release just for fun. Uh, it was a good time. But my good friend Jared is absolutely Robbie Gold's biggest fan. He met him in Disneyland, and he's like, hey, you're Robbie Gold. And Robbie Gold goes, I am, <laughs> and walks away. It was awesome. No picture, no autograph. I'm like, Jared, you fool. Um, but Jared's biggest thing, Timmy, is that Robbie Gold's jersey was never sold in the store. What does Jake Moody have to do to get his jersey sold in the team store at the stadium? I don't know kick don't <laughs> if Robbie Gold can't do you it know what, no Robbie Gold, I'm tired of you you were great the 49ers <laughs> gave you so much money and you were just like I like Chicago better I want my kids to go to a school that they've gone to for years like I don't like living in a hotel like you know what Robbie Gold <laughs> I'm kind of done with you and if you re-sign with oh, the 49ers gosh. I'll take it all back and you know what if you come on the pod I will apologize live that's my my if, guarantee to you. If we re-sign just, Robbie Gold and draft a third round kicker, I'm pissed. I, I don't really get it. Like he's played really well. He was on like the best team in the NFC. They paid him a lot of money. Like he just does not like the 49ers. 
like I really think that this, like something has happened. Like I don't know if he doesn't like the Bay Area. I don't know if John Lynch or Kyle Shanahan rubbed him the wrong way. But I just I feel like something happened, and I don't I don't really understand. I think we'll know when he's like sixty and writes a book. I'd I'd read that book. I'd read that book, and it better be called "Nothing Gold Can book. Stay." Because apparently, <laughs> okay, nothing gold can on. stay on the 49ers. All right, we've said all we can about kickers. <laughs> Gosh, it, <laughs> the third round. With a 101 pick from Alabama, the Niners select tight end Cameron Latou. Yeah, he's our. our kind of saw this one coming. Yeah, a tight end pick made made a lot of sense. This was a guy who was who was linked to the 49ers a lot over over the years. He's coming out yeah. of of the University of Alabama. He is the let's find him 12th ranked tight end on on Dane Brugler's board. There were a lot of tight ends coming in this class. It was a, a pretty tight end, yeah. tight end heavy class. Uh, Latu is definitely just a a consistent guy. He's got he's got the ability to be a consistent like he's going to catch the balls. He's going to get the job done. He's going to have to learn as a blocker. But you know, there's really no one else better to learn as to be a blocking tight end. Than our man George Kittle, the best blocking tight end yeah. in the NFL, and you know just the best tight end in the NFL. But you add in all these things, he is again exactly what we've been talking about. He's the kind of guy who's going to be cons- he's he's actually a little different than some of these other guys because he has a floor of like consistency that's going yes. to get him to produce. But then you add in all the potential, just a, a really smart call, Daniel. What are you thinking? That exactly what you just said is why he was potentially. What I why I wanted to say the steal of the draft, but I just I don't think there's a bigger steal than Brown out of the draft. Um, you you just said it so well. He has a floor that a lot of tight ends did not have, or at least at as late in this draft, because a lot went earlier, and I think that some of them might be a a higher skill. But what I do love about Cameron Latou is that he has, as you said, he has this floor especially as a pass catcher blocking will improve because he gets to hang out with George Kittle and George Kittle loves George Kittle wake wakes up to block. He breathes to block. He loves it. Um, but Cameron already has the, the basics. He's got the ground level. So it's not like George, he's going to have to come in and George is going to say, okay, here's how you be a tight end. He gets it. He knows now George Kittle and the coaches. And I really think it's just going to be George Kittle coaching him up. Come on. And, He's gonna help. Would you him would you say George Kittle could skill. run like a a class for tight ends? Maybe like a, a college or a, a university, something like that. I don't know. University sounds a little a little crazy, yeah. but maybe maybe a class. A whole know. university maybe. for tight ends. I don't know if if that's true. There's got to be a whole day for that. So, I I really think that this is a great pick in that we're gonna love Cameron Latou after a few weeks of him hanging out with George Kittle as well. So I love it. I love this pick. At first, I wasn't excited about a, another tight end, especially in the third round. But I'm like, you know what? We've got a lot of other pieces. This is this is a fun depth piece. And, you know, Kittle's actually older than we would like him to be. Yeah. So no, it, it, cool if he can prepare his air. It makes a lot of a lot of sense. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. He's he's played at Alabama. Like that is a pro level program. Like that is a huge thing. Just he's got he's played for Nick Saban. Like that cannot be overstated. That that helps. And so I think he's a good uh, smart call to move in. And the 49ers have been looking for that guy to pair opposite Kittle for a long, long time. I don't know if Latou is it, but it, it makes sense that they went that direction in the draft to me. 
yeah, it's it's not it's not Charlie Warner, it's not Ross Dwelly. They come up when needed, but peanut they have not peanut been butter hit. Dwelly time. Peanut butter Dwelly time. Yeah. All right. So we next traded our up, fourth round pick. We traded our fifth round pick. We, that's did we we did fourth. pick in the fifth round. We traded our fourth. My bad. Was that part of the move to go up to get uh, Jair so. Brown? Yeah. Yeah. Well, then we we or, picked in the fifth. No, 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 no. The fourth round. We never had a fourth round. The fourth round pick. We gave two Panthers for Christian McCaffrey, and we never yes, got a fourth round back. Yes, yes. We had extra third and fifth uh, compensatory picks, uh, but we never had a fourth. So our first fifth round pick, number 155, is cornerback from South Alabama, Daryl Luter Jr. Yeah, I believe that's how you say it. Yeah. Not a name that I knew from mock drafts. Even I did a few rounds all the way to, to seven, and it wasn't someone that necessarily popped off the the draft charts to me when I'm doing them. But he was a cornerback, again, from South Alabama that garnered first team, all Sun Belt Conference accolades, whatever whatever that really means. But we like when they say first team, right? We do. That does sound, um, that does sound good. Yeah, four interceptions, 10 pass break, breakups, um, 21 tackles in 10 starts. Yeah, Dane, so. our guy Dane Brugler of The Athletic has him as the 22nd corner in the draft. So, again, just another guy who lower, like not the top, top level prospect, but a lot of potential, a lot of ability both in there. He's got the physical tools, which is which is big. He's fast. He's long. He's got the – he has the tools, and now it's just can can he be coached up, and that that's kind of the question, I think. So you said he's the 22nd ranked cornerback in the draft. And so that sounds awesome to me where if you, if everybody, if you didn't know, there's 32 teams in the NFL. So to get this, you know, I assume each team having seven rounds or somewhere, seven picks somewhere, a little more or less, everyone's going to want to take a corner at some point, I assume, because you always want the depth there. It comes and goes. But to get the 22nd ranked guy in the fifth round, that that sounds really good. Yeah. I got I got two reasons I think he makes a lot of sense. He's an athletic guy. He's like I said he has those tools and that when you're picking without early round picks and you're a team like the 49ers where you have like a good you have a great roster already. You look for tools, you look for potential. Add in the fact that he can play inside or outside. The 49ers have had a lot of trouble getting that nickel corner spot locked up. Jimmy Ward is gone. He filled in a lot there last year. So, as someone who can play both of those cornerback spots is huge because he can fight out with Ambry Thomas, Samuel Womack, even Lenore a little if needed. Like there is a chance for him to really really compete and have a shot to to play where he's best. So the fact that he has the ability to play at both of those spots, I I think cannot be really overstated. Yeah. Anything else on uh, on Luter? No, I mean he's good depth to uh becoming a, a crowded cornerback room. Yeah. Which we like to see and it'll be it'll be fun to watch through camp how everyone does. It's gonna be it's gonna that's gonna be a really interesting positional battle and how, how Steve Wilkes, the new 49ers defensive coordinator, coaches up the uh the secondary, I think, is gonna be gonna be really important because I think that was one of the most underrated things of D'Amico Ryan's tenure is we really had yep. had that secondary whirring and ready to go. And so it'll be be interesting to see how that shakes out under new leadership. This next one I'm excited about. Also a fifth round pick. Me as well. As we know, the 49ers, they love their fifth-round picks. Out of the national champion, 
uh, University of Georgia Bulldogs. We took defensive end, defensive lineman, Robert Beal Jr., a really interesting pick that probably more than anyone else we've talked about epitomizes what I've been saying about you shoot for high ceiling players. And so that is like, yeah. I am excited about this one. Me as well. Um, you had said earlier, steal of the draft combining with who do you think is going to be that next nine or fifth round pick and I, or to whatever late round pick to, explode and get good value and robert beal the junior the junior wow robert beal jr would be the pick in my mind um i've watched some good stuff on him he's explosive he's quick um and i've seen raving reports people love him people are shocked that the niners got him in the late fifth round as they did yeah nothing but good things when you get this much talk about a fifth round pick that's that's pretty great. That's gonna make you feel good about that to have yeah. so many people say like, "Wow, what a steal in the fifth round." Well, and he and he didn't get that much playtime at Georgia, right? He was more of kind of a backup guy, kind of a rotation piece. But when you look at how yeah, good we Georgia's, love drafting guys with little playtime. Yeah, but when you look at Georgia's, <laughs> when you look at Georgia's defense, it's like, well, how many first rounders did they just have? How many Philadelphia Eagles have they had on that defense? Like. Five. There are if there's a like there's like one college where I'm not that concerned if you didn't get that much playtime on the defensive line and it's Georgia because of how many NFL guys they've had go through there recently. So I'm I'm really excited excited for this guy. He is my fifth round steal for a couple reasons. He has the tools. Dane Brugler, this is straight out of Dane Brugler's draft size. He has the size, speed, profile, and splash plays that suggest he could be a better pro than college player. And what do we always say about the 49ers? We say if you are a defensive lineman who wants to have the best season of your life, you come to the 49ers, you play for Chris Kosurik, the defensive line coach, you play in the wide nine scheme, and he says, oh, you're big and fast? I can teach you everything else. I can teach you everything else you need. If you're a free agent on a one-year deal, you're going to make more money than you've ever made in your life after you play for me. This guy comes in... For another team. Yeah, for another team. But the 49ers (laughs) have Beal Jr. locked up for that rookie deal. He's going to come in. This guy has all the tools, all the potential in the world, and we don't need him to be anything yet. If he doesn't play during his rookie year, it does not matter. He's going to learn from Nick Bosa, Drake Jackson, all these other speed guys we have on the edge. And... The 49ers, and maybe I'm, I'm hoping Drake Jackson still turns into this, but they've still yet to find that guy opposite Bosa. Like the defensive player of the year, by the way, Nick Bosa. But they've yet to find that guy who can come in and make teams pay for targeting Bosa. Drake Jackson flashed it. I'm hoping he gets there, but he just, in his rookie year, he was not that yet. But you add in another shot to be that guy at Beal. And he has all the physical tools in the world. Everything else is super raw. I don't care. He's coming to the best defensive line coaching staff in the NFL, and it's not close. He's coming to the best defensive line room. He's going to learn from the best. At that edge rusher spot, he he has all the tools you want. I'm so excited about this guy. And I think he's the next guy that in a few years that we say, yep, fifth-round pick. The Niners did it again. I, yeah. I think he is going to be the guy that everyone is mad that they let go. Dre Greenlaw was a fifth-round pick? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Greenlaw was, Hufunga was, Kittle was. I thought Hufunga was six. I always get it messed up. I think Hufunga was, was, was fifth. Um, 
I I echo everything you said. I'm excited. I think he will be one of those guys. It is going to be ex- exciting to see how well he fits in this this line and how much playing time he gets. And so I'll be just, just as excited as I was when I saw my boy Hufunga getting his first little bit of playing time, and now he's just out there every, every minute. So I'm excited to see Beal work his way up. But th- that's my that's my prediction to what guy from this draft could very much so outplay his his draft value yeah i agree i i think he is far and away like the highest ceiling of one of these late round guys and he's at a spot where the 49ers have excelled and it just makes so much sense it's like here's a guy who has not played that much but he's got the tools and we have the coaching staff and i just think that that is that is everything i said uh a minute ago i said yeah, we really love drafting guys with not a lot of playing time in college, echoing Trey Lance pick. But that, in a serious note, that is what they love to do. They love the raw potential because we have such a good coaching staff. You can't coach raw potential. You go get the raw potential, the high ceilings, and then you coach it up. That's Agreed. the process. And so they're excited about about his potential. And so I'm, I'm all for it. Yeah. I think it I think it makes so much sense and I'm I'm really excited about it. Um talk about this guy all day. I think he's a name we're going to see. I think he's someone we're going to be really excited about because I just we've made guys with less physical tools great NFL rotational edge rushers. Why not someone with all the tools? Like I I just think it makes so much sense. Oh yeah. Let's head down to our one and only 6th round pick. This is Linebacker from TCU, D. Winters. Yep. Excited about this pick as well. Another National champion runner-up, TCU, which yeah. feels weird to say, but it is true. It does. I was just thinking that as you said it, where I'm like, you know, I'm like, is that correct? No, that's correct, huh? Yeah. It's kind of odd. Yeah. Sorry, TCU. <laughs> Sorry, TCU. Uh, yeah, so he was named college football playoff semifinal defensive MVP. Um, so got a big, big accolade there. Um, he appeared in 84, 84. I th- yeah. Mix those numbers up. 48 games over his collegiate career, totaling 246 tackles, uh, 12 and a half sacks, two fumble recoveries, 12 pass defense and three interceptions, one for a touchdown. So guy coming from a good college, um, in the sixth round, that's cool. You love that. You love to see that. I'm always surprised where I'm like, how are some of these guys still here? Like no other teams wanted a linebacker from this top team. Like I'll take them. Yep. Come on. Come on down. Yeah. And come this is a, this is another position that the 49ers have just consistently drafted really, really well at recently. And so I think that's something to keep in mind is like, the 49ers front office deserves kind of a lot of benefit of the doubt when it comes to the linebacker room. I mean, they found Fred Warner. They found Dre Greenlaw. They found Aziz Elshire. Even Oren Burks is a really good player. I don't actually think he came in through the draft. But the 49ers have been really good not. at filling the linebacker room. And I, I hope that continues without with D'Amico Ryan's gone. And they've been really good at coaching him up. And who better to learn from? Than, than Fred Warner. Winters is a quick guy. He's got these. He's a he is a chaser. That's kind of how Dan Brugler describes him. He's all over the field. And I think a big thing that that really contributes to him is he's got that speed he has is really gives him a lot of potential to um 
to be a special teamer. And that's what sets you up for success at the NFL when you're one of these late-round picks. If you can produce on special teams, you can stay on the field, you can stay on the roster, you can learn everything else as you grow. And the 49ers don't need another linebacker right now, but they, they might in the near future. We lost Aziz Alshire. So I, yeah. I think he could I think he could turn into somebody that plays. And I've said that about everybody, but I think this guy could get playing time and it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, no, I, th- I think it is a, a position that we do need now. Um, on the depth chart, Oren Burks slides in and takes um, SLB, Aziz Alshire's spot. And so I am excited that uh, we got a linebacker. He's not going to play right away, being the six-round pick. He'll be behind Oren Burks and um, playing in fouls. Um, That's what I was but he could play about. his way up, and I'm excited about that. And I just wonder if guys like this, linebackers like this, when they get drafted – by a team are they like okay who's in their linebacker room are they looking at who can i learn from or who can i try to pass up i bet he's like wow i get to learn from fred warner i get to learn from dre greenlaw like that's awesome i bet he would have been more excited to have demeca ryan's former linebacker himself as the coach um but steve wilkes is not not a bad second second place defensive coordinator for him to learn from so I love it. I just I like that we're excited about six round picks. It's fun. It's fun to to know know that we've got potential waiting in the wings. Yeah. I mean, I'm even I'm excited about our next pick as well. He's a guy who I think is is really really kind of interesting. And this is a this is a seventh round pick. So, going to have fun uh fun talking this guy. This is our second tight end in the draft. We took Braden Willis out of the University of Oklahoma. He's a he's a really interesting guy. Another guy that didn't play the most in college, but did get a lot of uh, does have a lot of things that I think make him appealing to the 49ers. And and really what that is is this guy played a little bit of everything. Like he played halfback. He played coming out of the backfield. He played blocking linebacker. Like he's he's done it all. So what Dane Brugler's got him at 15th tight end, 15th tight end on his board. He kind of describes him like, hey, he's probably not going to be like a huge receiving threat, but he can go everywhere. You're going to want him on special teams. He's a good blocker, and he can line up in the backfield. He can line up in the slot. He can contribute on special teams. He's got that versatility. I mean, um, why can't I remember his name? Matt, not Mayoko, the other Matt who reports on the 49ers for the Athletic. I read his piece on the draft, and he was like, yeah, this is Kyle Juszczyk's backup. Like that, like if Juszczyk is out, Braden Willis can fill right in. He did that at Oklahoma. So that fullback spot, like I almost wonder if he's drafted as much as a fullback than he is as a tight end. So he's got all that versatility, which is just, that's what Kyle Shanahan really, really values in his, uh, in his offensive weapons. And so it, it makes a lot of sense to me that they, they brought him in. And again, like we just said about winters, if he can contribute on special teams, then he's going to have all the time in the world to learn everything else. So Daniel, what are you thinking on? on Willis out of Oklahoma. I was not excited at first just to see another tight end. Um, and especially, you know, I don't necessarily know what, what other great value we're going to get in the seventh round. Um, you know, it, it's happened before, but I wasn't sure what value in the seventh round was going to look like. And so getting another tight end after already getting Cameron too, um, I was like, well, I don't know, but then I watched some film and I was like, okay, you're right. He does line up from everywhere. He is versatile. Um, so I think there's high hopes. And even if it is just a special teamer for a year and then maybe works his way on. Plus, he's got Daniel, the, the physical ability to do that. Yeah. He played as a quarterback 
his freshman and sophomore year of high school for the JV team. That's why. Which means there it is. we have our next backup quarterback when we lose all three, all four in the before the NFC Championship game. So that might actually yeah. be why he was brought in. He played Wildcat yeah. at Oklahoma. He ran the Wildcat. <laughs> Good. Yeah. Because if we're not going to um, trust we, Christian McCaffrey to run, run the Wildcat, we, we will trust a rookie tight end. Yeah, right. Uh, we did sign um, an undrafted free agent, Jack Coletto, at the fullback position. So I'm, I'm a little curious to see what happens in camp. You know, an undrafted free agent, you're not expecting any of them to break a camp with the team. You can't expect it. Some do, for sure. Um but I'm curious to see see how that works out. If if either one of them are there at camp, and and if that truly is Kyle Uchek's backup, so I'm curious about that. How many more we got? Two more. Yeah, I uh, yeah. two more drift. Yeah. Yeah, I we got two more picks to get through, and let's let's finish out this draft. Next up, we have we stayed on the offensive side. Took wide receiver yep. Ronnie Bell out of Michigan. Daniel, what are your what are your thoughts on Bell? Welcome, Ronnie Bell. Um, we've got a lot of receivers, so we we peaked at the depth chart, and we might we might get to that. We might save that for for next <clears throat> excuse me for next episode. But he's behind a lot of guys. Obviously, Debo, Ayuk, Jawan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod, Danny Gray. I think even Chris Conley will be in front of him. And then you got Ronnie Bell. And so we don't even usually keep that many guys. Um, I don't think we do it maybe in terms of special teams, but I, I wouldn't necessarily peg him as the, the biggest special teams guy. So yeah, I don't know. I'm curious to see what he can do. I, I, I'm not blown away by Ronnie Bell, but it's also uh, closer to the end of a, a seventh round pick. So, I shouldn't be expecting to be blown away by him quite yet, but um, in his 47 games over his collegiate career, he had 145 receptions for 2,269 yards and nine touchdowns. He started all of started 14 games in uh, 2022, and he led he led Michigan with 62 receptions and 889 yards for four touchdowns. So, led led Michigan, a notable a notable school, and led them in receiving yards. So that's absolutely worth a seventh round pick to me. Yeah, I totally agree. He's going to be a slot guy at the NFL, like which is a spot the 49ers have not. Like we've got guys who can play the slot. We don't have like a true slot receiver. So I wonder if that's kind of the pick. Is like, well, maybe he can he can uh, step into that spot. He's got the potential yeah. if he if he delivers. Great. If not, he's a seventh round pick. So fine with me. <laughs> Fine with me. Um, and last but certainly not least, the 49ers, or, or maybe least, I'm not sure. It depends wh- how, what we think about him. <laughs> um, this guy's going to be like awesome, but I'm going to feel terrible. Are the 49ers uh, Mr. Irrelevant out of Purdue? We took another linebacker, Jalen Graham, out of Purdue. He is a uh, 25th ranked linebacker on Dane Brugler's board. And okay, in the seventh round. Seventh bad. round, yeah. What? How Dane Brugler says, like, hey, he might fit as a Sam linebacker, but his, his pursuit speed is average. Sounds like he's he's got some special teams potential. He's got 
He's a good player, but but does he have the skills to truly step to the next level? It sounds like people are uncertain. Yeah, and so the line, uh, the Niners always take it, it. I feel like they've always had at least five linebackers on the roster. So, you know, could be a practice team guy and waiting around, um, kind of like Dante Johnson always is with cornerbacks and safeties. But with Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, Oregon, Oregon, Oren Burks, um, Flanagan Fowles, and I, you know, unless he outplays D. Winters in camp, but even D. Winters isn't for, for sure the the fifth guy he's gonna have to compete as well um it's hard to it's hard to you know if if we see these picks like yeah we like them we you know we watched their film and yeah they made good highlight tapes but anybody can make a good highlight tape and so it's hard to see well there's not a lot of room or role for them on the team yet so it's hard to truly give some greater analysis other than just if their college stats blow us away which these don't well we'll kind of get to it when they get in camp and, and start seeing them work and hear the rumblings of, okay, this is the Niners squad. What do we think of them now as they're all together and, and, and competing, but that wraps up the draft. Um, we've got some undrafted free agents. Um, I haven't, haven't read every single re- report on them, but some of them, you know, I don't, I don't expect there to be a, I don't expect there to be a Jordan Mason who co- who comes in like that. Um, there is a running back, and I guess he is the top guy, Ronald Awat, 5'11". Um, people were, were saying that he is the, the Niners' best undrafted free agent. They added a few positions everywhere, got a, three O-line guys. But as I said, Jack Coletto, backup fullback. Who knows? He's on the depth chart. This is the backup fullback. So should we just peek it? The depth chart real quick, Timmy. Yeah, let's do it. So, and not all of these guys get placed onto the depth chart right away. Um, but, uh, yeah, Ronnie Bell is on the depth chart as the seventh wide receiver. He is behind all those guys that I, I ran through. Um, yeah, some of the undrafted free agents are making the list just in the way back. Um... None of the O line make it very far up. Who is the one? Okay, this so the defense is where we see some real rumblings of the depth chart. Offense is just kind of all of the depth, all of the guys that we get are going in the back, except for Cameron Latou. Is he jumps Dwelly and Charlie Warner for the number two tight end? But as I said, looking at the defense, um, for because I think they're doing their depth chart a little bit different, but they have. SLB Oren Burks is on the starter column for the first time. Um, and that means Demetrius Flanagan Fowles is behind him. And then this is what I am excited about. You look at defensive line. You've got Drake Jackson, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, and then weak side linebacker, Dre Greenlaw. Robert Beal Jr. is right behind Dre Greenlaw. So that excites me. Obviously, he's going to learn a lot from from Dre Greenlaw, um, and then Jalen Graham. That last pick is right behind Robert Robert Bill Jr. Um, yeah, D. Winters is behind. This might be embarrassing for me, Timmy. Do you know the name Curtis Brown? No. Sorry, Curtis Brown. Curtis Robinson. No, I don't. I'm trying to remember if he was there last. I know. So he's behind Fred Warner. 
he's the second string middle linebacker behind Fred Warner. And so we're going to have to look at that and understand why Maybe we that's don't know the D name, winters but... spot. Yeah. D winters is the third string middle linebacker behind him. And I was just peeking at the secondary. You sure you're not talking you about got... Curtis Brown. Wait, what was Curtis Robinson was his name? Cause Curtis Brown was a running yeah. back born in 1954. No, honestly, I have zero clue why I said Brown. Um, because it absolutely says Robinson, but Curtis Brown came out. Okay. Three years experience. Oh, Kurt, I said Curtis Brown because he's a former hockey player and an analysis guy for the Sharks. That's why. Okay. That makes sense. Um, <laughs> he was dra- signed with the Broncos as an unrestricted free agent, waived during final roster cuts, elevated to active roster 2021. So he was practice squad guy, came back, practice squad guy, signed with the 49ers in December 2021 to the practice squad. So he's a practice squad guy yeah. who's been on the 49ers for a while, and we didn't know his name. Sorry, Curtis. If you ever want to come on the pod and tell us a bit more about yourself, open invite. Open invite. So finishing up, Traverius Ward on the left, uh, Diamondor Lenore on the right. You've got Samuel Womack behind Traverius Ward, Isaiah Oliver behind Lenore, and then Ambry, Ambry Thomas is behind Isaiah Oliver as well. Um, AJ Parker is behind Womack. Daryl Luters behind him for fourth string. Hufunga, obviously first string strong safety. Deshaun Gibson, first string free safety with Jair Brown behind him. George Odom is behind Hufunga. So that's the one right there that I'm most curious about is I just think it's a matter of time. How long will it take Jair Brown to surpass Gibson, at least for them to have like split playing time? But not a whole lot of shocks. Just I know I just ran through the whole depth chart, but oh, Jake Moody, first string place kicker over Zane Gonzalez. That's good. But it's it's fun to see just depth added. You know, I wasn't expecting any of these guys to come in and take over. I am kind of shocked by some of the, the moves where Cameron Latou, boom, second string tight end, right as he gets in there. Um Robert Beal, boom, right there, gets the job right behind Dre Greenlaw. But maybe that was just a really open spot as well. But um, I'm excited about that. You see, Robbie, uh, Robbie, Ronnie Bell is behind Ray Ray McLeod for punt returner, kick returner. So that could also be a level of why he was there. But no need to have two in my mind. Yeah. No, I, I think it makes sense. It's gonna be gonna be interesting. Like I said, the 49ers kind of took an interesting approach with this year's draft, which I think is the approach you have to take when you're a really really good team without that many early picks. You take guys with a high ceiling. And potentially a low floor. And so you take traits, you draft guys you think could turn into something you want, and then you you go from there. So I'm I'm personally really excited to see how that works out for the Niners. And yeah, Beal Jr., man, going to be a great edge rusher coming out of Georgia. It's going to be better than Jalen your- Carter and Nolan Smith. You watch. Oh, okay, that, gosh. that's was, a little too hot takey, but was we'll see. was uh Was Robert Beal your pick for a late-round draft to – explode into a, a star yeah i think so because i think got he's it. got okay. i think it's the combination of like the perfect um, like he's got the abilities and just being on the perfect team to maximize abilities at edge rusher absolutely yeah no I, i'm excited even for a draft that wasn't that exciting necessarily if no first round picks no second round picks and not being thought of and getting a lot of flack for getting a kicker um i'm excited I'm excited about all of these guys in a lot of ways, but especially Jair Brown, um, 
got to be excited about Cameron Latou and working with George Kittle, but Robert Beal, D. Winters, some of these guys I just think are going to be able to have a, a good spot on this roster and learn from some of the best guys in the league. So that's good stuff. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. A fun 49ers offseason. In terms of upcoming things, uh, Trey Lance recently cleared to full activity level, so that's big as we kind of get ready for OTAs. 49ers rookie, oh, yeah. rookie mini camp is coming up. None of the big offseason drama is going to play out there just because we don't have a rookie quarterback, and that's kind of where all the drama is right now. But OTAs are coming up. Purdy sounds like he's going to be throwing beginning sometime in June. So odds are, at least for the first round of OTAs, voluntary minicamp, all that stuff, Trey is going to be the starter. So he's going to have a chance to maybe cement himself in. It's it's going to be fun. What about Sam? Yeah, Sam Darnold. I mean, Matt Mayoko called him the most talented thrower of the football that the 49ers have had under under Shanahan Lynch. And everyone got really upset with him. And everyone, wow. But, like, it's kind of true. Sam Darnold always did have a really good arm. He just saw ghosts and was bad at everything else. But, yeah, I think that's a... Uh, <laughs> just saw ghosts. I was seeing ghosts out there, man. Yeah, that's kind of kind of where I see all that going. And, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Daniel, any, any parting thoughts for the listeners? We'll be back in two weeks. Two weeks. Excited to uh, talk more about what this roster is going to look like and as we head into camp. But yeah, we will we will see you in two weeks, everybody. Yeah. All right. Stay safe out there, everyone. Have a good one.